So let's just start with some introductions real quick. Just sure, tell okay. us tell us about your family. Tell us who's all in the North family. All right. Well, I mean, there are now three of us. So it's my lovely wife, Sarah, Joel, and our little seven-month-old, Emma. How long have you been coming to First Family Church? Uh, two years now. No, three, I three? think. Awesome. Yeah. What are you involved in here? What do you guys do here at First Family Church? Well, Sarah is a powerhouse on the... Uh, <laughs> The worship team playing the uh, playing keys, and I'll help out in uh, the children's ministry. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you mind sharing a little bit what brought you to First Family Church? You mind sharing that journey a little bit? Yeah. yeah. So we were at a previous church and just really felt a shift in the mission of the church and the vision, and um, we were praying about potentially starting a family and. We just wanted to be part of a church family that was extremely uh, mission-driven, and we um, knew some people here at First Family. We had actually both attended Mm -hmm. um, years ago, and uh, we just felt really called to First Family after visiting for a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were just pumped about the mission and the drive and the passion that we feel here within our Mm -hmm. church family. It was instantly something that we knew we wanted to be a part of. All right. So you mentioned you guys have started a family. For Mm -hmm. those that don't know, tell us about your daughter and her story a little bit. Sounds good. Well, we'll start at the beginning. It was very early December 13th, shortly after midnight. And I was just over 40 weeks pregnant and I woke up and I thought, I'm going to be having this baby, I think. So um called my sister, who was our doula and birth assistant, and she said, yeah, your water's broke. Go back to bed. Get some sleep. <laughs> uh, so I tried, but that was not going to work. A couple hours later, I woke up Joel and told him, hey, your baby girl's going to be born today. <laughs> and I mean, it was a race to the finish line uh, since that moment. Um, We started early labor for a few hours. The birth team assembled. We had (laughs) um, our midwife, um, our doula, who's my sister, and uh, she was our birth assistant as well. My mom was there and Joel. And um, our plan was to have a nice, peaceful, beautiful home birth with a tub and worship music playing in the background. We had a lot of plans. Mm -hmm. We were very prepared for that type of birth. What we were not prepared for was what ended up uh, coming to fruition. I had extreme back labor um, almost from the very beginning and then entered into transition labor, which typically is a little bit shorter period, but I had back labor and transitional labor for about 14 hours. Mm -hmm. Um, After laboring at home for 22 hours, uh, my midwife looked at me and she said, Sarah, we need to transfer. And that moment will forever be etched on my heart because I just felt like this can't be happening. This isn't what we planned for. Um, I had done so much work to prepare my body and my mind to have a home birth. And Joel had been right there with me every step of the way. I mean, best birth partner in the world. And, um, when she told us that we needed to transfer, I, I looked at my sister and I said, is that true? She said, yes. And I said, okay, because you do what's best for the baby. 
and we transferred. We got in the car. Um, my midwife called ahead to the hospital and said, hey, I've got a mom mm -hmm. coming in. We are very close to delivery, but we're going to need a gurney. I need a birth room ready <laughs> to go. So we pulled into the hospital and it was literally like a movie. Someone like grabbed me from the car, threw me on the gurney. We raced into the hospital, into the elevator, up into the birth room. Someone threw me from the gurney to the bed. And 30 minutes later, we had our beautiful baby girl. Mm -hmm. The whole thing was surreal. Um, my, when she came out, my first two thoughts were, wow, I can't believe that came out of me. <laughs> and then two, ew, she's covered in poop. So <laughs> not very maternal at um, all. Um, she was beautiful, but, <laughs> but covered in poop. <laughs> um, yeah. what was comforting was throughout the entire, um, at home labor and even at the hospital, her heart tones were strong the entire time. Mm -hmm. There was really no indication that our little girl was under um, Any, duress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or there was no warning signs at all, really, whatsoever. Um, so mm -hmm. she was born. They put my poop covered baby up on my chest for a hot second. <laughs> and uh, then they. I think you cut the cord. Yep, cut the cord. They they immediately took Emma, which we hadn't even obviously we, had, we, we didn't, didn't even, even have name a name her. her at this point. <laughs> we didn't. We had a couple names, but hadn't even decided. So took Emma, and um, immediately doing um, resuscitate uh, not resuscitative, but ended up doing um, put it, put it on some sort of like ventilator, mm. and. Um, like manual pump and assisted breathing apparatus. Mm -hmm. um, but e even still, like there was no like overt um, cause for warning or alarm. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until um, they actually performed um, tests on the uh, placenta that they determined that there was a lack of oxygen within the placenta and thereby also likely a lack of oxygen at some point during the birth process. Mm -hmm. um, so what they do in those scenarios is they immediately take the baby um, and take them to the NICU and put them on a cooling treatment where they lower the core temperature of the baby um, because at that point, if there's been a lack of oxygen, um, there may be a lack of oxygen to the brain mm -hmm. and thereby damage. And what placing the baby on the cooling treatment um, limits, mitigates the amount of damage that may be experienced. So it's very mm -hmm. precautionary, but also um, important to be done right away. Mm -hmm. um, so I, after Emma was born, they took her immediately to the NICU and I followed, followed the, uh, the doctor there. And she kind of gave me that back brief as to what the situation was. And my thought at that point was, how in the world am I going to tell Sarah? Yeah. Because I was still in the birth room. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, the doctor came in really quickly. So you didn't have to figure out how you were going to tell me. Mm -hmm. She just walked in and came up to me and said, uh, her manner was very grave. Um, and she just said, you know, we, we believe that your little girl um, 
may have had a lack of oxygen during birth. So we're putting her on this cooling treatment to kind of put her brain into hibernation um, so we can kind mm -hmm. of assess the situation. And it, she'll be on the cooling treatment for 72 hours. Then we'll warm her up and we'll go from we'll there. Go from there. So my mind went to great, you know, like this is not the outcome we were looking for, but I am overly optimistic in mm -hmm. every single scenario. So I thought, okay, they're putting her on the cooling treatment, then she'll warm up and we'll take our baby home. Mm -hmm. It really did not occur to me the gravity of the situation and the um, really the next couple weeks we were going to walk through. I had not a single clue, um, which I think was the grace of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, just from that, I mean, even from before we started labor, I mean, his grace, um, was clearly mm -hmm. upon us. Um, we look back now and we can recount so many different mm -hmm. ways he was preparing us for mm -hmm. this. The, uh, the midwife in fact remarked, um, that she could, she could feel the presence of God in the room. And, mm -hmm. um, this is someone that, um, um, Megan, uh, Sarah's sister, uh, works with, has been witnessing to, and um, that the Lord just used that experience just to, mm -hmm. that, that was one of the early just moments where the Lord just showed forth his glory mm -hmm. and his power. Yeah. yeah. You can just see him preparing. We often reflect back on Proverbs 16, 9, a man's heart plans his ways, but the mm -hmm. Lord establishes or directs his steps. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of plans. <laughs> Our plan was an at-home uh, water birth that was going to be beautiful. And we had all these um, things set up in the mm -hmm. home, ready to go. But <laughs> Zero set up to actually go to the hospital just <laughs> yeah. in case. We didn't even have a go bag. So we had no clothes. We had absolutely nothing because mm -hmm. um, we were not planning for that. But God directed our steps in a totally different path and looking back honestly i i wouldn't change it mm -hmm. um he gave us such grace and mm -hmm. power and strength and beauty through all of this um it's amazing to just watch um our father who gives good gifts to his children mm -hmm. he has given us a gift that is unfathomable yep wouldn't you say yes so after the doctor informed me of that, and I had a very naive picture in my head of what we were going to walk through the next few days, uh, we were allowed to go see our mm -hmm. little girl yeah. for the first time together as a family. Mm -hmm. We hadn't named her yet, yeah. um, but uh, Joel pushed me up to the NICU room in a wheelchair and I will never forget seeing her for the first time. I mean, first of all, she's on a cooling blanket. Um, she all had these cords attached. Tons of cords. I had no idea. But really, all I saw was my baby. Mm -hmm. um, and she was a lot longer than I had anticipated. Um, and she, I just thought she was the most beautiful thing. Her little hand was like doing this waving thing. And I just thought she was so cool. And I was just in awe of everything that we had walked through. And there she was. I just couldn't believe that God had given us this beautiful gift. And it was surreal. It was. I mean, it was the end of a very long trying day 
And we, we truly didn't understand, like Sarah was saying, we didn't understand the gravity of the situation, but um, I believe, I'm sure that we, I believe that we prayed over her course, and yeah. um, we went back to, um, went back to Sarah's room and. Yeah. I mean, we knew that there was an issue, obviously, mm -hmm. that there was potential for um, some insult or injury mm -hmm. to the brain. Uh, so I told Joel, I was like, you know, hon, I know we had talked about kind of keeping things off social media and, you know, protecting her privacy. But I said, we need the body of Christ. Yep. We need them right now. And so it's 2 a.m. at this point. She was born at 9.59. So by the time we got the news, we got up to the NICU room and then back to the birth room, it's 2 a.m. And I text just a few close friends and I believe our small group mm -hmm. and just said, hey, pray. Um, our baby's been born, but they believe she's had a lack of oxygen, which could affect her brain function. And... I had a couple people respond to me in the, almost right away in that moment, which just our community and our church family is just. We, right away, we saw the body of Christ doing, truly living and breathing as the body of Christ, mm -hmm. um, being his hands and being his feet and demonstrating the love of Christ. Um believe it was it was the next day like uh, pastor todd showed up yeah. and prayed with us um our small group held a prayer vigil that um a number of um dale and heidi height showed up to um and just just poured just poured mm -hmm. out their prayers before the lord and just demonstrated um just demonstrated the love of christ yeah um, it was just incredible from the moment that we sent out that text. Um, and then the next day, I think we posted on Facebook about her birth. Um, just overwhelmingly flooded in the best way possible by our church family, mm -hmm. um, our, our closest friends, our, our physical family, mm -hmm. just oh, so many people praying for us. Literally, we had thousands of people praying mm -hmm. coast to coast, coast. To coast. Uh, i mean a very quickly um yes coast to coast <sighs> multiple churches within iowa praying yeah. um just lifting up our, yeah. our us and our little girl before the lord and we felt those prayers i mean every day i feel like we there was a peace beyond yeah. understanding Re that's the perfect way to put it peace beyond all understanding mm -hmm. um just the power of the church of God, the body of Christ, doing what the body of Christ is called to do. Um, biblical community, so important. It's important to build in times of peace. So when times of trials mm -hmm. come, you're prepared, you're ready. Our journey through, I mean, really even up until now, would look vastly different if we did not have the biblical community mm -hmm. and the church family that we have. Um, and the greater church, not just First Family, but the greater church, just 
an outpouring of undescribable love, um, financial support, mm-hmm. prayers, gift bags, gift bags. Yeah. I mean, we ended up in the NICU for 15 days, you know, and we had nothing there. Thankfully, my mom grabbed some clothes out the door as we were leaving the house, but we had nothing. A couple days after we were in the NICU, someone from the church staff showed up with a huge bag of just toiletries, all the random stuff you don't think you need, but we absolutely needed. Um, Did you ever think, I just wish all these people would go away and get leave us, give never, us our privacy, or never. were you grateful for the body of Christ to be? Oh, yeah. At your side? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Hmm. We did set up some boundaries. Like, I had people texting me all of the time. I mean, I had texts coming in every day from people I didn't even know. Mm -hmm. I mean, dozens of, I still don't know to this day, um, praying for you, heard about you, all of the things, sharing scripture. Um, And so... I would make I would uh, create a response and then kind of copy and paste a little bit because I very much appreciated everybody reaching out to us, but mm-hmm. also we were very focused on our baby right. um, and doing what we needed to do uh, to be there for her. But no, and still to this day, I just had someone come up to me on Sunday said that they're praying for our family. They're praying for Emma. I don't know who she is. <laughs> you know, um, just. A beautiful picture mm-hmm. of yeah. what God has called his people mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another just awesome example of the body of Christ is, I think it was around day two of being in the NICU. I just really had um, on my heart that I really wanted to hang up verses all around our NICU room um, because I believe in the power of God's word, not just for us, but for our NICU nurses, for her doctors, and honestly, even for a little baby girl who's kind of in a hibernation state, I believe that the word of God being mm-hmm. in her room would change things and would would bring about um, a power that we couldn't even explain. Um, so I had that on my heart and I was gonna reach out to my mom to bring us in some verses. Literally that morning, a friend came to the hospital and she handed me an entire folder of beautiful printouts of verses. Um, just, Emma, we love you. Everything I wanted um, to hang up mm-hmm. all around the room, that was just such a sign from the Lord that mm-hmm. even in those small moments, He cares. It mm-hmm. was a um, yearning on my heart that I hadn't even expressed to the Lord, and He just filled it with the body of Christ. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Um, there was one night in particular that we were just down in the dumps. We were discouraged. Um distraught and our our nurse happened that night just happened to be a christian Mm -hmm. and just and took us Mm -hmm. yep Mm -hmm. just by by the sovereignty of the Mm -hmm. lord was a christian and um drew prayed with us and drew our attention back to him Mm -hmm. um there were other times when um our where resources were provided, like our uh, our lactation nurse actually happened to be absolutely horrible and um, just less than helpful and was actually blaming, without coming right out and saying it, was blaming what happened to Emma on mm-hmm. our decision to attempt a home birth. Mm-hmm. Um, so we um, got zero information from her as far as how to, you know, actually 
breastfeed yeah. <laughs> um, our child. But the night that um, we were able to breastfeed, which um, was like oh, ten days, yeah, about ten into days the NICU, in NICU, um, the Lord provided our our nurse that night. Um, happened to have taught uh, lactation classes in Panama for um, <laughs> for a couple of years yeah. and was yeah. um, was more than helpful. And the Lord just provided what we needed when we needed yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, there's just all these little nuggets throughout our entire stay, whether it was the body of Christ or the Lord bringing the perfect nurse that just his presence was so powerful and so obvious. Mm -hmm. And that's why I felt like we were able to walk through this with peace because we knew he was there. We knew um, he proved that in so many tangible ways and mm -hmm. just through knowing his word, his word is true. And we are his children and um, his presence is with us, his spirit is within us. And uh, yeah, there was just so many. Mm -hmm. A couple days after we were in the NICU, it kind of started to settle in with me. Uh, oh, this is more. Mm -hmm. This is more than just 72 hours on a cooling treatment and then mm -hmm. warming her up. We don't know how long it's going to be. Yeah. we. What is our future going yeah. to look like? Uh, we threw physically, mentally, emotionally, everything we had into mm -hmm. um, every single day. I mean, I honestly, I was so focused on little Emma that mm -hmm. honestly, it completely slipped my mind that I had even given birth. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were just... We hit the ground running. There mm -hmm. was endless doctor's appointments and tests and mm -hmm. um, care providers to meet with and mm -hmm. paperwork. And it, it was endless. It was nonstop. Yeah. Uh, I remember when um, the on day three, we did the war. We, we warmed. She was doing great. Day five. It was when they actually did the MRI, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. So the first couple days, the first, while she was in the cooling treatment and then the warming process, we were kind of in this little bubble of, we don't know what the injury is going to look like. Mm -hmm. We don't know where, we don't know how much. The MRI is really driving everything. So we mm -hmm. were kind of in this really state of a lot of unknowns. Yeah. Um, but the MRI that was like our solid point of this is going to give us some answers. This is going to give us a picture of what we're looking at. And the neurologist came in and she said, okay, we've got your MRI scheduled for December 19th. And when she said that, my heart dropped because that's my birthday. And I had no idea what that day was going to look like now. Um, would this be something that I would celebrate for years to come? Would it be a day of mourning for years to come? What was this day going to look like? So I woke up on the morning of the 19th and um, we had been staying at my parents um, just for a few nights. And uh, I went into the NICU room and I held little Emma. I just put her on my chest and I prayed over her and we sang worship songs and I read Psalm 145 mm -hmm. over her, which was a chapter that we mm -hmm. read over her every morning, every night yeah. without there were, fail. There were really three um, 
there was two scriptures we were really holding on to in one song. Yeah. Um, Psalm 145, um, which can you talk about um, just how that impacted? Because that was from yeah. Jill Johnson. Yeah, we hung on to, I mean, clung to really Psalm 145 in the NICU. We read it every morning, every night. Psalm 145, 17, the Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. Mm-hmm. And if we believe God, then we believe his word is true. Mm-hmm. And then we believe that Psalm 145, 17 is true. Yep. He is righteous in all his ways and he is kind, kind in, all, yes. in all his works. Yes. And so who were we to doubt what we were walking through? Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, I, if we didn't believe that verse, then, then what do we believe about God? We believe his word is true. And that means every moment we were walking through, God was being righteous and he was being kind Mm -hmm. to us. Um, Sometimes we read through Psalm 145. Sometimes we cried through it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we prayed it. Sometimes we prayed it. Um, Then we also held on to the story of Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles, where um, as the armies are coming to wipe out Judah, he says, we know not what to do, but our hope is in you. Mm-hmm. And we we held on to that because in those situations, um, we're absolutely hopeless. We're not, we're not hopeless. We are uh, without control. Mm-hmm. And, but even in those moments, um, we had, we had absolute hope because oh, yeah. of the control because of the power of the sovereignty of of our lord and savior mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh another passage that we clung to was um in the new testament i think it's john uh lord i believe help my own belief yes yeah is it john mm-hmm. and uh I mean, we believed yep. in God's goodness. We believed in his power and his healing and mm-hmm. and his plan for our life yes. and our little girl. Yes. But we also needed him to help us with our unbelief. Mm-hmm. Um, and so December 19th, mm-hmm. day of the MRI, I'm in the NICU holding our little girl, going over these scriptures, praying, um, praying for healing honestly, praying for a miracle that there's absolutely no injury. Um, We knew the reality that there would be some injury, uh, but we serve a very big God. And Mm -hmm. so we walked into the situation with all the faith and belief that we could muster. Mm -hmm. And uh, Joel arrived just in time uh, before they rolled her away for her MRI. It didn't take very long. Uh, And then the Neurologist came into our room a few hours later to show us the images of the MRI and mm-hmm. kind of walk us through uh, mm-hmm. what we were looking at. Yeah. Which those were heartbreaking. Mm. Um, in a manner of speaking, hopes were dashed um, as we looked at the um, various areas of damage throughout the brain. Um, it wasn't. It was multiple spots. It wasn't just. Um, one small secluded area, which was our hope. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was relatively throughout and I was extensive. And yeah, yeah, it was relatively, ex- it was extensive. 
Um, and it was at that point where, yeah, um, the reality of what had occurred sunk in. Um, and to a, to a certain measure, um, there was, there was just a sense of loss of mm -hmm. discouragement of fear. Um, and just, just in that moment, um, and in that moment, we just, we raised a hallelujah. Yeah. And we just, um, I, it's, it's been several months. I don't remember exactly what we did, but I know that we went right back to Psalm 145. I know we went back to mm -hmm. um, Jehoshaphat, and I know we went right back to Lord, help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. And we praised the Lord. We worshiped, we worshiped his name. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we did not give up hope because yeah. our because our god is a god of hope mm -hmm. i remember when i saw the images for the first time um i felt like i didn't even have the strength to stand mm -hmm. it just to see your little girl's brain mm -hmm. and to see all these areas of injury mm -hmm. and that's not what you yeah. want for your child. All it's the unknowns. just not. What what yeah. is her life going to look like? What are what is she going to look like six months out? Mm -hmm. um, will she be ostracized in school? What is mm -hmm. what is her life going to look like? Mm -hmm. And honestly, I felt detachment. I looked at those images, and I looked at the baby in the NICU bed, and. Nope, can't be mine. Mm -hmm. Can't be mine. And Joel, of course, like he said, you know, we called out to God and went through scripture. And Joel said, Sarah, we need to we need to be with family. Mm -hmm. We need to go back to your parents' house mm -hmm. and you need to be with your mom yep. and your sister. And I said, No, I have to hold our little girl. Because right now I don't want to. And I need to discipline yeah. myself because I am her mother and this is what God has called me to be. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to hold her. Yes. He put her on my chest and I just sat there honestly numb. I didn't feel any magical maternal instincts. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I just felt numb. And... Mm -hmm. But I knew I needed to hold her. Not for me, but for her. She needed me to be her mother in that moment. Mm -hmm. And being a mom is not easy, but it's what God has called me to. And, and that's what I did. Sat in that chair for 30 minutes, and um, we sang and listen to uh, the worship song, How Good Is He? Yeah. Ver vertical worship. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine had shared that to me a couple days after being in the NICU. And that was our song. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we had it playing on repeat almost every single day. How good is he? Mm -hmm. um, just 
listening to that and and proclaiming that in our minds and and singing it and listening to it in our hearts, just knowing how good is he. So good. So good. Um, I mean, there would be times when I would look over at Joel and I'd be like, how long have I been singing? How good is he? I, I would be singing it without even knowing. That's how ingrained mm-hmm. and part of this journey that song was for us. Um, so we listened to that song. We put our little baby girl back in bed and we went to my mom's, my parents' house. And I just plowed right through the living room and I went to the spare bedroom where we were staying and cried. Mm. I wept. I wailed. Mm-hmm. Not for me, but for our little girl, Emma. This was not the life I wanted for her. I didn't know it was possible for a human to cry that hard, <laughs> that deeply. It felt like it was coming out of my very bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um after a while, though, Sarah gathered herself together and um, came out into the living room. And just with her family, we just mm. we just all called out to the Lord. Um, her sister, mom, or dad, we just all called out to the Lord and just asked for his grace and his mercy. Um, and, um, and, you know, in, in, the, in that moment, um, there was, there, there was, there was discouragement, there was uncertainty, there was the reality of the situation as we understood it, but there was the peace of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever feel like God failed you? Was there ever a moment? This is where our experience, um, this is where we kind of mm-hmm. separate. Okay. We were unified so much throughout this entire experience. Mm-hmm. Um, our marriage honestly thrived. Because we had each other and we mm-hmm. had Jesus, and that is what we had. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it has was a marriage experience that I will treasure forever. Um, but individually, this is where our reactions kind of mm-hmm. um, differ. Yeah, um, I think. Well, I'm not going to speak for you, but um, I, there were several occasions where I would um, actually the um, the night that she was born. Um, we went back to um, Sarah's room after um, after visiting with Emma for the first time, and um, Sarah's we we bed down for the night. Sarah's on the bed. I'm on this little trundle <laughs> thing, um, and I just remember laying there and saying, "Lord, why why me? Um, why me? Why couldn't we just have a very very selfish response?" But why couldn't we just have a, a normal baby girl? Why, why this journey? Why this? Why this struggle? There was there was no immediate answer to that. Um, there is an answer to that now, because we get to share her testimony mm. and how great that and how good the Lord is. But in the moment. Um, selfish Joel was like, why us? Why, why does it have to be? I mean, that's, 
that's something that I had to get past and re- and um, I believe and repent of and but um, yeah, I most certainly had those thoughts of why me, why why us? Yeah, uh, I did not. Um, graciously, it it is not of my own strength or my own awesomeness. Purely the Lord working through my heart. I never questioned why. Um, why us? I and it never even crossed my mind to hold fear in my heart. Sure, moments of uncertainty. What is her life going to look like? Um, those different things, but. Um, for me, for myself, I never questioned the Lord why, and I never held on to, to fear Mm -hmm. because I knew the Lord, I felt like planted this in my heart. I knew, um, that we were doing this for God's glory almost from day one, because we saw even just in the labor and the birth, the testimony we were allowed to be, um, because Mm -hmm. of who, MFA was in her story. Um, we were already able to talk about Jesus to NICU nurses. To me, it was clear this is our mission. This is our testimony. This is why we're walking through this to glorify God, mm-hmm. period. MFA is our little girl that God has gifted to us to steward for Him, to point glory back to Him, to disciple for Him. Um, so that's been my mindset. Um, pretty much the entire time. Uh, so, so we walked different journeys through that a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit different emotions. Yeah, mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so we prayed that night at my parents' house, woke up the next morning. We're on mission. I was on mission. <laughs> you know, God's called me to be a mother mm-hmm. and I am going to mother this little package <laughs> with Every ounce of being that I have. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we did mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. Joel served us in a way that I will never forget. Um, I sustained, well, aggravated quite an injury that I had during pregnancy, during the birth, um, to the point where I was in a wheelchair for several days and then a walker. And he did everything for me everything. I mean, he barely had a moment to catch his breath. And I will never forget that. Um, The heart of my husband loving me so well, serving me so well. Um, A gift and an experience I will never forget. Uh, It deepens my love for him, for sure. I mean, so the weeks following, I mean, we're, we're tough, we're difficult, but it was neat because even after that, the gut-wrenching moment of the MRI, we quickly saw just the Lord's blessing on the situation. It's like Sarah mentioned, being able to, to either witness or to be witness to uh, resources provided when we needed them. And we saw our little baby girl um, take to those basic skills that she needed to mm-hmm. right away. Um, that girl eats like a champ. Um, and <laughs> and that was one that, of her big hurdles. That was one of her big hurdles to, to get out of the NICU to be able to go home. And um, oftentimes babies who aren't able to be breastfed, she wasn't able to be breastfed right away. Um, she was fed 
through a tube through her nose and then through a uh, a pump through her uh, through her, the, her umbilical cord or um, um well something yeah. <laughs> yeah she was she was fed multiple mechanical ways yeah and finally um the beginning of the second week uh, we're able to actually breastfeed and she takes right to it and they had prepared us to plan on nursing taking up to two weeks mm -hmm. for her to learn mm -hmm. because when you're in the NICU that long, like their little brains at birth are ready. They have, they have most of these skills kind of prepped and ready to go. Um, but then every day they're not using those skills as a newborn, they kind of regress a little bit. Um, so they really prepared us for, Hey, it could take a really long time. And because you do want to exclusively nurse her, we can't let you go until she's doing that because we need to know she can eat. Um, but we really felt like that was the best call for her. Um, and so that's what we were committed to. And mm -hmm. the Lord just, I mean, dropped a blessing bomb in our laps when we just sat down to nurse. Mm -hmm. And she just, I mean, everyone was astounded. Mm -hmm. Astounded. Uh, such a blessing. And um, it, uh, it was it was just awesome. So uh, day 15 in the NICU, she is nursing well, which is a huge miracle. And the doctor walked into our NICU room that mm -hmm. morning and said, okay, you can go home. We were not prepared for that in the least. We didn't even have the car seat like loaded into the car, strapped mm -hmm. into the car. I mean, it was all hands on deck now to try to get this baby home. And it took all day because there were a lot of doctor's appointments to kind of wrap up all of her cares and everything. And um, we got in the car, we drove home and we took her, took we took our baby home. home. Yeah, we did. We did. It was yeah. awesome. Um, from there, I mean, there was, there was no guarantee as to how she would develop or mm -hmm. how she would progress um, during a, a, neurology visit they and within the next couple of months um it, we were informed that yeah not every baby that that uh, receives an insult or an injury like she did um no one has a guarantee of your brain developing normally mm -hmm. but that was um but her but her brain did um well has but has yeah so it i mean it sustained an injury but from that point has developed Normally. Yeah. I mean, we had appointments for the first two months of her life every single day. Mm -hmm. um, and the pattern that we continuously saw was, wow, we can't believe she's doing so well. Mm -hmm. Wow, we can't believe she's doing so well. Um, my life was drastically changed. I was planning on going back to work, but the neurologist said her best shot of reaching her full potential is for you to be at home with her. So I said, okay, I'm staying home. That was a surrender that God mm -hmm. called me to. That was hard, yeah. but Joel helped me walk through that. And uh, it seemed surreal that every step after the NICU was she's doing well, she's doing well, she's mm -hmm. doing well. She's rolling over on time. She's crawling on time. She's different um, muscle movements is all being done on time yeah. is controlled. Gross motor, fine motor, everything, honestly developing it at an advanced rate. It, yeah. um, and we just felt. Uh, multiple tests coming back. Um, 
EEGs coming back, um, no, no seizures. We experienced um, several seizures within the NICU and there was, there was none following. So it's really felt like a whirlwind, honestly, after her um, birth um, in a way that we could have never anticipated. Mm -hmm. We were praying for healing, complete mm -hmm. no injury at that first MRI. Mm -hmm. But what we didn't know that was that God had a bigger plan um, that is still unfolding. Mm -hmm. Her story has just begun. Yeah. This is chapter one. Your testimony is ongoing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and wow, to see God do miraculous works. Um, she had a follow-up MRI, and the neurologist called me to share the results. And he said, I don't know how this is possible, but parts of her brain that were injured have grown back. He said, Someone must be sending up prayers. <laughs> and I said, you have no clue. Hundreds of people are praying. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, our joy doesn't come, doesn't stem only from the good that God is doing. Our joy also stems from the hardship that we walked through. It's both. Um, right now, we're very much in a season where God is proving himself to us financially miraculously. Uh, he's proving himself um, through prayers of our church, our family, the greater body of Christ. He's miraculously healed portions of her brain. Mm -hmm. He's miraculously connected us to a great physical therapist, a great functional neurologist, all of these connections with care providers that we... we we would have had no idea how to connect with mm -hmm. and God just laid it out for us. Um, it, it's just been a journey that has required a lot of us, but there's been so much richness and so much joy mm -hmm. and so much good. Mm -hmm. How can we not but proclaim Jesus? Mm -hmm. How is your faith different today mm. based upon what God allowed you to experience? Mm. He has he has proven himself faithful time and time again, and that's something that we can't forget. That's something mm -hmm. that as life progresses yeah. and as um, the the miracle that is Emma unfolds, that you can't you can't forget that just how faithful. And how good he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to say God is good mm -hmm. until you have to believe it. Yep. And God is good. He's good Amen. in the hard and he's good in seasons of peace and seasons of joy. God is good. That is who he is. Mm -hmm. And for me, walking through this, um, I feel like I have gained an intimacy with the Lord that I would have never had previously and a richness and a depth. Um, he is more real to me mm -hmm. than I could have ever imagined. And no, would I sign up for this again? Absolutely not. <sighs> Probably not. But now looking back, nobody wants their daughter to be born with a brain injury. Nobody wants that. But would I trade 
the intimacy and the growth that we have had in our marriage as a family and what I personally have gained with the Lord, would I trade that? I absolutely would not. I do not want to go back and forget all that God has done. And I, I, I want to continue pressing into this and continue pressing into the Lord and who he is mm -hmm. because he is good and he gives his children good gifts. Mm -hmm. And oh, I just feel like this is just the beginning of her adventure and our adventure with her and our opportunity to partner with the Lord, to share her testimony for his glory, um, for his honor. It is all about Jesus. Jesus. And mm -hmm. that's what we're going to do. It's all about him. He is good. And we can say that coming from the very depths of our souls.